Book of Matthew this morning, book of Matthew, uh, chapter number 28, Matthew chapter uh, number 28, and we want to look to the end of uh, this chapter, the end of the book of Matthew, and today we are going to uh, mention uh, last week that we're going to be uh, looking at the Great Commission uh, today, uh, this morning and tonight, I mentioned this in Sunday school, uh, that the more I prepared for today, uh, the more I realized that there's no way I can get through everything that I want to get through today. And so we're probably starting a series on the Great Commission, because uh, as I uh, study one thing, that leads me to something else and to something else. And uh, it's amazing that the more you study the Bible, obviously the more you learn about the Bible, uh, but uh, just how God has put everything together. And uh, so uh, we may be in the series on the Great Commission uh, for uh, a week or two or 15. And so uh, we'll just see where the Lord takes us. But today I want to try and give a, a quick summary this morning of the Great Commission and then tonight, and then I, we'll, we'll, we'll expand it from there uh, because uh, you could preach a uh, series on each uh, point that I have this morning, and, and perhaps I will. Uh, but Matthew chapter number 28, uh, beginning with uh, verse number 19, I'll read verse 19 and 20, uh, which is often referred to as the Great Commission. And, uh, but we're going to uh, refer uh, to some preceding verses this morning uh, to 19 and 20, but we'll read verse 19 and 20. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. My simple title this morning is The Great Commission, and I want you to give me your attention. Some of what I'm going to say this morning might be uncomfortable uh, for us this morning, uh, but we need to hear what God has said. These two verses will fix a lot of false doctrine. These two verses will fix a lot of false practice amongst God's people. It's sad uh, that the Great Commission is the great omission in most churches. And this morning, I want us to take a, a summary uh, view of this, and I believe it'll be a help to us, and uh, we'll see the importance of it. Uh, our world is in bad shape. Our nation's in bad shape. It can be fixed with the Great Commission. Uh, things can be changed by the Great Commission. We do not need a political revolution. We need politicians to get saved, to get born again. Uh, we need churches to be reaching people again. Uh, and so I, we cannot control what another group of people does, but we can control what we do. And uh, let's see what the Lord says this morning on the Great Commission. Father, I pray that you'd use your word today. May the Spirit of God, may he be real, may he be evident in our hearts this morning. May he speak to hearts. Father, quite frankly, may we be convicted today. May we be challenged. Father, I believe that some of the things I'm going to say will be the first time many will ever heard them said. And Father, may we use the word this morning to instruct us and may we gain the instruction and the understanding and the knowledge uh, so that we can get your heart and the heart of our Lord so that we can uh, realize our purpose, the goal of the church, what we must do. Uh, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we look at the Great Commission and we come to this passage of Scripture that we read this morning, 
I must remind us that this is post-resurrection. Jesus has been born of a virgin. He's lived a sinless life. He has concluded his earthly ministry. The, the book of John, the end of the book of John, John writes that if all of the miracles were recorded, the world could not contain uh, the testimony of all that Christ had done. He has done all of those miracles. He has touched countless lives. He has gone to the cross of Calvary to be your sin sacrifice, my sin sacrifice, the sin sacrifice of the world. He gave up the ghost on Calvary. Man did not take his life. Christ gave his life for man. Three days later, he came forth victorious out of the grave, conquering death and hell. And you and I have hope in salvation because of what Christ did. That is the gospel, the death, the burial, the resurrection. After Christ was resurrected, he, he meets this assembly and gives them instructions. Uh, they meet at an appointed place. Uh, Jesus encounters some after his resurrection, and he gives them instruction. We'll look at it in just a few moments to meet him, and this is where they are meeting him. He's given these instructions that are often referred to as the Great Commission. Uh, it's great because of its importance. It's great because of uh, what it does. But it's known as that great commission. What is it that Christ instructed or told his church? I'll define that word commission. It's a formal order granting the power to perform various acts or duties, an authorization or command to act in a prescribed manner or perform prescribed acts, Authority to act as an agent for another. It's a formal order. It's granting the power to perform various acts or duties. Uh, it, is, it is something that uh, the authority is granted as an agent uh, or, or for another. And to think that uh, Christ would commission the church and Christ would commission you and I to do his work. What a thought. Uh, what, what, a, what a thought that Christ would commission man to do a work for him. That is the scenario, that is the setting that we find the Great Commission. Now, I want to draw your attention to just four things this morning. I've kind of summarized this into four points, and, and I, I don't... Well, yeah, I'm going to take all the time this morning, so we'll get right into it. And number one, I want to mention the authority of the commission. In verse number 18, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Jesus, the Son of God. Jesus, equal with God the Father. There was, Jesus had already proven there is no power greater than the Son of God. He conquered death. He conquered hell. He conquered the grave. Uh, he had all power, not just in heaven where, where the Father sent him, but he has all power on the earth. And aren't you thankful that Christ has all power? It is he who is given, giving the commission. Jesus, the Son of God. Jesus, the conqueror of death. Jesus, the Savior of the world, notice the first word of verse 19, go. That has power and authority because of who is saying go. All power is with 
Christ. If Jesus is the conqueror of death and hell, we should probably give attention to what he has to say. If Jesus came to save us and has saved us, we should probably pay attention to what he has to say. Jesus, as the scripture teaches us, is the cornerstone, the founder of the church, then we as the church should probably pay close attention to what he says. There is authority behind it. Should we prioritize man's wishes above the the Savior's wishes? Absolutely not. There is the authority of the commission. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. He is putting the emphasis on this commission. It is the authority that he is granted. Why do we preach the name of Christ? We preach under the authority of Christ. Why is it that we are to go and we are to uh, tell this world of, of of a risen Savior? The authority of Christ. We don't have to get permission from a board. We don't have to get permission from a convention. We don't have to get permission from a government to preach Christ because the one who has all power and all authority in heaven and earth has commissioned us. So it's important for you and I to understand the authority for which this command comes from. The authority that it is given. The command of Christ, the authority of the commission. Now, number two, I want us to notice the commission itself. I'm going to read again verse 19 and verse 20. Are you with me this morning? Verse 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Let's look at the commission itself. I'm going to break this down into three parts as the Lord breaks it down. First, he says, go ye therefore and teach all nations. What was this instruction? It was to teach all nations what they did not know. They did not know that Jesus, the Son of God, was the risen Savior. You think of the book of Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, when Christ commissioned He said, go ye into all the world, be ye witnesses. What were they to be witnesses of? The fact that Jesus lived a sinless life. He went to the cross of Calvary. He he gave up his life. He was buried. He rose again. And he had commissioned them to tell that story. That was what they were to teach all nations. Jesus, the risen Savior, he wants everyone to know that salvation is available. That commission to those men, those people that day, is the same commission you and I have. We are to teach all nations. The greatest message that man needs to hear is not of a political movement. It's of the Lord Jesus Christ who rose again after the third day. The greatest story that man needs to hear is not of a a church or of a particular denomination. No, it's that Jesus Christ will save any sinner. He wants everybody to know that salvation is available. He wants the rich man to know. He wants the poor man to know. He wants the white man to know. He wants the black man to know. He wants every man to know that Jesus has conquered death. Jesus is the source of salvation. And we are to teach all nations. I think of the book of Romans. In that verse, a question, they ask that question, how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they know unless somebody tell them? 
uh, they must know. That's the first part of the Great Commission is winning people to Christ. That is the commission. If Jesus came to this earth as he did, he took upon the sins of all mankind as he did, and he conquered death and hell for man as he did, if he did all of that for salvation, don't you think it's a priority of Christ for us to tell men? I think that's more important than what color painter on the walls. I think that's more important to, than the silly things that man gets bogged down with. I, I, I love fellowship and I love the things we get to do, but it's not as important as telling man, telling men uh, that Jesus is, is, is the Savior. So that's the first part of the commission is to win people to Christ. To tell Christ what he did for you. Tell Christ what he did for man so that man can put their faith and trust in Christ. The second thing we see there, after he says, teach all nations, baptizing them. Now, if you study the, the Bible and you study the New Testament especially, all baptism was done by immersion. That means the man who's doing the baptizing and the man being baptized both get down into the water. It's hard to be immersed in a little thing of water like this. You will not find sprinkling in the Bible. You will not. And you will not find baptism in the Bible except after someone has put their faith and trust in Christ. It is not part of salvation. And those that believe that baptism is part of salvation, somebody needs to explain it to that thief on the cross who Jesus said today, Thou shalt be with me in paradise. I don't have any record of him getting off that cross and getting baptized before he entered into eternity. But I'm I think that sometimes because we know that baptism is not part of salvation, we don't put the emphasis on baptism that we need to put on it. Because Jesus specifically said, teach them, win them. Then baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. The Father who extended mercy and grace. The Son who shed his blood and, and was buried and rose again. The Holy Ghost who convicts us of our need and he regenerates us and seals us until the day of redemption. Baptize him in the, in, the, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Why is that important? Because it is identification with the Son of God. It's identification with the Savior. Now, a simple question I'll ask this morning, and, and, you, and, and I don't think anybody will have a problem with this, but it's good for, for us to, to me to say it, us to be reminded, why would you accept salvation and not want to be identified with the person who saved you? It doesn't save you, but it identifies you with your Savior, with the church. So he said the first thing you do, the commission is to win people to him. Win people to Christ. Give them the gospel. The second thing he says is to baptize them. So if I'm going to fulfill the Great Commission, I want to tell somebody how they can be saved. The work of the Spirit of God does the work in their heart, does the work in their life. They trust Christ as their Savior, just as I did, just as you did. That is the first part of the commission. It's not the whole commission. It's the first part. Jesus said the second part is baptizing them. 
So should we go and tell people about Christ? Should we win people to Christ? Absolutely. What, what, a, what a great thing it is if when God uses us to be that human instrument to give the gospel and to be in the presence of somebody when they bow their head and they bow their heart and they put their faith and trust in Christ. And in that instant, friend, don't take for granted when you lead somebody to Christ, in that instant, somebody's eternity is changing from hell to heaven. In that instant, somebody's name is being written down in the book of life. In that instant, they are sealed by the Spirit of God. In that instant, they are placed in the hand of the Almighty God, and no man can pluck them out of it. They become a new creature. That's We're supposed to do that. But did not Jesus also say, baptize them? Before somebody can be baptized, they must be saved. We realize that, that salvation is the most important part. But if we're going to fulfill the great commission, now, we're told to go into all the world and preach the gospel. I've already used the illustration of the thief on the cross. He never had an opportunity to be baptized. He went straight from the cross. And, what, and I've, I've mentioned this, and I just have to mention it again because it does something for me, to think that he's seeing the bloody image of our Savior. In that one moment, and Christ says, today thou shalt see me in paradise. And when he closed his eyes in death, he saw the Savior again. But he looked a lot different. What, what, a, what, a, what a thought. But part of the commission, we should be trying to win and then get them to take that next step in their Christian life of getting baptized. If you've been saved, you've never been scripturally baptized, you've never been baptized after salvation, it doesn't save you, but that's the first step that you need to take. It's giving a testimony, a picture of the death, burial, the resurrection of Christ. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, God's mercy and grace, the Son's sacrifice, the Spirit's work. That's the first, it's identification with the Savior. The third part of that commission is found in the beginning of verse 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. The third part, after you win them, after they're baptized, is to teach them to observe all things. Let me summarize that, that by saying, make a disciple out of them. To make a disciple of Christ out of them. To teach them to observe, to do all things. Whatsoever I've commanded you. So uh, the scenario, the way this is, we're supposed to win them. We're supposed to, to get them to the house of God. They need to be baptized, be identified with Christ, and then begin to teach them to observe all things. Uh, where should we teach them to observe all things? In the house of God. That we ought to teach them to observe all things in Sunday school. It doesn't mean that you can't sit across from a dining room table. It doesn't mean that you can't sit across in a coffee shop. It doesn't mean any of those things. Those things are fine in addition to where the Word of God is preached, where, where, where God has established the teaching of His words. Uh, teach them to be a disciple. What does that mean? To be a disciple, it means to go and win them. So that then after salvation, that person can be baptized. And then that person can teach them 
all things whatsoever he has commanded. So the Great Commission is not done until we've won somebody, seen them baptized, identified in their faith in Christ. Then they are taught all the things that they have commanded. What has he commanded them? The Great Commission. So the Great Commission is not finished until somebody who's been saved and baptized is now actively participating in winning somebody else with the gospel. That's why if you just take the Great Commission, that's why everybody's commanded to be a witness. Everybody's commanded to be a soul winner. Everybody's commanded to have a part in. In some ways, I'm not changing it. I just added another time. But in some ways, I think we as churches have done us a disservice by having soul winning times and putting the emphasis all on our soul winning time and not on the Great Commission. The Great Commission will take care of itself if we are seeking to win somebody, see them baptized, grow in their faith, and then teach them all things that he has commanded. That is the commission itself. It's very straightforward, very simple to understand. I need to be winning people, and I need somebody who trusts Christ. I need to help them get to the place where they are telling others about the gospel, then have the ability to either teach them the things or get them in a place where they can be taught the things that he has commanded. That's why the goal is to win people to Christ. But every time you you give the gospel, it's not just enough to give them the gospel. You ought to want to see them grow. Somebody gets saved, what's the next thing that will be in your mind? i got to get them to church and then get baptized. So they can publicly identify with Christ. Then, then I want to get them in church so that they can learn everything there is to learn about Christ. Learn everything there is to learn about the Word of God. Learn everything they can to grow in, their, grow in grace and to use this life to the fullest so that they can go. And they can win somebody else to Christ. Well, you know, everybody we come across and we give them the gospel, they have family. They work with someone. Jesus is giving the key to reaching the world with the gospel right here. That is the commission itself. Win them, baptize them, instruct them. Number three, I want us to notice the institution of the commission. Look at me at verse number 16 and verse number 17. Look at verse 16 first. Then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. Jesus is resurrected. He, he makes himself known. He says, go and get the brethren. He said, meet me. And he gives them the place in Galilee, the mountain in Galilee. He says, meet me there. So we have the 11 disciples Are you with me? Those who were called out who followed Christ minus Judas who betrayed him. He says, meet me there. Now look at verse 17. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Now if you read that in just in its, in that context right there, it would lead you to believe, and I certainly think this could be true, that of those 11 disciples... There were some who believed, worshipped, and some doubted. Immediately everybody thinks about Thomas. 
But I think it's more than that. If you'll turn back to verse number 10. Then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee, and there they shall see me. I'll, I'll do this in another message, but you can go to the book of Acts, and you can, you can make the case that there was 500 plus people there at this appointed time. Now, if it was just those 11, that's the church. You add to that, that just reinforces the argument of the church. Listen to me very, very carefully. I don't think there's enough teaching on this. This will help you if you let it. Jesus did not commission the family. He commissioned the church. Jesus did not commission a homeschool co-op. He commissioned the church. He did not commission a missions agency. He commissioned the church. So why is it that God's people put the family, put the co-op, put the missions agency, and I can go on and on, above the church? Jesus could have commissioned all of them, but he commissioned the church. The institution of the commission was given to the church, the same church that was established by Christ, the same church that was commissioned by Jesus Christ. Jesus established the church. When he called those disciples out, that that called out assembly, that was his founding of the church. The church had grown. The church assembles. He gives his instruction to the church. Now bear in mind, this was not just a political rally of a martyr that was appearing before his followers. This is the one who had power in heaven and power on earth. And he didn't commission them to overthrow a government. He commissioned them to win them, baptize them, and to instruct them. Now, you win them to Christ. You can't baptize anybody under yourself. You can't baptize anybody into your family. You can't baptize anybody into any religious group. It's the church. Where do you instruct them? I've already established. You can have coffee with somebody and give instruction. But Jesus established the church. Where the instruction takes place, the edification takes place. The institution of the commission is the church. The church was established to reach the world. The church was never established to be a club. The church was established to reach the world with the gospel through the Great Commission. Now, this may seem strange because this is not taught like it needs to be taught today, but the church was established to reach the world. Now, here's a strong statement, but I want you to listen to me. Christians, let me say this, you don't have to be part of a church to be saved. Matter of fact, church membership will not save you. Sadly and tragically, there will be a lot of people who lift up their eyes in torment one day who are members of a church. 
And they're depending on church membership to save them. It cannot save you. It will not save you. It's only Christ who can save you. But So you can be saved and not part of God's local church. Here's the strong statement. However, Christians not part of the church are not involved in the Great Commission. Christians not involved in the church are not involved in the fulfilling of the Great Commission. See, Pastor, are you saying that we cannot be a witness? That's not what I'm saying. Everybody can be a witness. Everybody can win somebody to Christ. But Jesus gave three parts to the Great Commission. How are you going to get somebody to follow in believers' baptism in part of an institution you don't even think is important enough for you to commit to? Isn't everybody commanded to be part of the Great Commission? How are you going to get somebody involved in learning from an institution you don't even think it's important enough to learn from? If this was taught to God's people today, overnight it could revolutionize, there could be revival. Because Satan for for a long time has been de-emphasizing the church, de-emphasizing the church, de-emphasizing the church. And while Christian people, it, with, with, you can say good intentions, whatever, keep overemphasizing other things and refuse to become part of what God has commissioned. Now, you can read your Bible. You can, you can, you can have fruit of the Spirit. You can do a lot of things without being part of God's church. You can be a witness but you cannot be a part of fulfilling the Great Commission without being a part of the institution that God gave the commission to. Now, it's a wonderful thing to, and I think we need more emphasis on this, for a mom and dad to rear their children in nurture and admonition of the Lord. But there's no greater thing, no greater thing that man can be involved in than being part of the Great Commission. None. None. Absolutely none. Because if we did the Great Commission, we'd win somebody with the help of the Spirit of God. They take that next step in believer's baptism. They become part of the church where they're learning and growing and being instructed. Then they're going to win their family because they become a disciple. See, when you're not fulfilling the Great Commission, it stops with you. See, it is a big deal to not become part of God's church. It is a big deal because that's where Christ gave the commission to. It's the institution of the commission. Yes, God did establish the home. And we need a revival of the home. The order of the home. But Christ established the church and commissioned it to reach the lost. 
I can't speak for anybody else's family, but my family, I led, the, I, I was taught, and that's scriptural, my family is part of the institution where they can learn and grow and go fulfill the Great Commission. It is the church that will reach the world. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the missions agency. That's not what the Bible says. The gates of hell shall not prevail against, against the, 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 the Facebook group. That's definitely not what the scripture says. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the family. That's not what the scripture says. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Christ commissioned the church. I'm not upset at anybody. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm just saying you cannot say out of one side of your mouth, we need revival in America. We need to get the values back in America. And then out of the other side say it's not important to be dedicated to the church. It's not important to be uh, part of the church and part of the program and, and giving to the program and supporting the program. and it, 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 you, you can't have it both ways. We can do a lot of things, but you cannot be a part of the Great Commission. It's not the Little Commission. It's not the Afterthought Commission. The Great Commission, win them, baptize them, instruct them. You can't do it without being part of the institution of the commission. Number four. By the way, that's why it's important that when you win them, you get them to church. Well, I, they, they, they told me they were going to come. They didn't come. Line them up the next week. Well, they told me 10 times in a row. Well, make it number 11. Why? We ought to care enough that they grow in that next step of their Christian life. Then instruct them in the things that he has commanded. What am I supposed to do as a Christian? You need instruction for that. I need instruction for that. Certainly somebody who's just trusted Christ needs instruction for that. And if it takes you six months to get them to church, take the six months. The Great Commission that winning them, baptizing them, instructing them, <clears throat> that is the focus, should be the focus of the church. And I'll, I'll, I'll talk more about this tonight. I'll talk more about in the weeks to come, how everybody can be a part of that. How, what, 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 how, how do we do, do this in greater ways? Just to reestablish what Christ has commanded he could have commissioned anything he wanted to. But he gave this commission to the church. By, by the way, that's why we're making the emphasis of getting their church attendance, doubling it. There's a lot of Christians, quite frankly, they've been burnt or church they went to changed. And they're sitting at home and they need to be part of, of the institution that's reaching people with the gospel. They need to be part of the institution that's seeing people baptized. That's why it's important that you're in church. It's important that you get people to church with you. It's fulfilling the Great Commission. I'm getting ahead of myself, but if a Christian, if you just one time in your life 
fulfill the Great Commission from beginning to end, you've done something the vast majority of Christians have never done. That's just once. Now, say, Pastor, it's, it's hard. Well, if we're depending on us to do it, it's hard. Say, Pastor, I'm trying to get them to hear time change Sunday. It was hard enough for me to be here. I understand that. But we've got to put the emphasis back where Christ put the emphasis of what is important. I'll give you number four, the power of the commission. Notice verse number 20. After you were teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. Now think about this assembling of this church after Christ has been resurrected. He's assembling them and he tells them, this is what I'm commissioning you to do. This is what I want you to do. You win them, you baptize them, you instruct them. And then he says to them, and lo, pay attention. Focus. Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Now, I'm certain that there were some, they did not know that he, he was going to go back to the Father. I'm sitting there thinking, well, this is going to be easy. I'd be glad to tell somebody that Jesus rose from the dead when he's right there looking over my shoulder. But Jesus is going to ascend to the Father. And I'll preach a whole message on this at another time. But he'd already told them in John 14 that I'm going away, but I'm going to send you another. I believe there's that application, certainly, but I believe... It's the power of the gospel, the death, the burial, and resurrection was going to go with them everywhere they went. The greatest power in this world is the gospel. Social programs can only do so much to reform somebody, but get them under the blood of Christ, and it can change any man. It says, I am with you always. He promises them of his presence. You look at this world and you look at the sentiment that has creeped up in a lot of places. People seem to not have time for Christ. Or they were taught this false religion and they want to hang on to that. And there's some antagonism towards those that would hold to Christ. I would say before we complain, let's remember these 11 in the, in the end they faced but his presence, he promises his presence. You know, if there's nothing wrong with fellowship, there's nothing wrong with activities, we have a lot of them here. But that, certainly the Spirit of God is, goes with us if you're saved because he dwells with us. But I don't think what he meant was at a father-son camping trip, you're playing softball, my presence will be with you. I don't think that's what he meant. Or the NFL player who's desecrating the Lord's Day after it's all over said, God gave me, he was with me. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. That's not what he meant. But he attached that to the Great Commission. Why do some churches 
have the blessings that others do not have. He says, I'm going to be with you. Why is it that when enemies and obstacles are stacked against God's church, people still get saved? Because His presence is there. He says, I will go with you, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. His protection is there. Well, you think it's hostile here. You look at some other places of the world where there are missionaries. I've spoken several times this past week to one of our missionaries in Africa, Brother, Brother, Brother Ruckman. Some of the things that they face over there in different places, I was like, oh, okay, that's just Tuesday. I'm like, well, we got pictures of holding up like six-foot-long green mambas. If you've never seen that on National Geographic, it'll keep you up at night, I'm just telling you. You feel that going by your leg in the chair? Anyway. And then it's like, hey, look at this. You ought to come visit. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> don't think so. But the hostility in some of those men over there are right up against... They're in the same region you hear of the Muslims coming in and just wiping out entire villages. Having to bribe officials to get you safely through. Somebody at work called you Billy Bible and you think you're going to get the martyr's crown. Why Why do they do it? How can they do it? He said, I'll be with you all way, even unto the end of the world. Now, God's good to us. God protects us. God watches over us because he's a good God. But as I study my Bible, and I put this especially in context, the safest place that you can be is working to fulfill the Great Commission. That's the safest place you can be. So all of this is, there's so many things in this world, okay. Let me, there's an umbrella of protection, being part of the institution that Christ commissioned because he's going to protect it. He's going to empower it. His presence will be there. It's been said over and over and over again. I don't ever want to lose it. People come in and say, I can feel the presence of God. You know why? Because the emphasis is right. The emphasis is right. Friend, the importance of the Great Commission is important because of the authority that it was given from the Lord Jesus Christ. He has power in heaven and over earth. The commission itself is to win people to Christ, to baptize them, to instruct them. What is our goal and our purpose? That's it. That's our goal is to win people, then after one, to see them get baptized. Boy, I'm getting, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'll say this again. Say, well, I just want to see people saved. Okay, well, let's see people saved. 
But if, you, if they get baptized and they grow in the church, guess what? They can see people saved too. And, and then that, that's, that, that's when it really begins to multiply. So when I, when I stop and take the time to win somebody, yes, any time the Lord impressed upon me to stop in, in even public places and talk to somebody or somebody comes to the house to repair something and, and out making visits, all those things. But I want to be just, just as aggressive in pursuing somebody who's been saved and say, you need to identify with Christ. Why? Because Jesus put an importance on it. Then to instruct them. Where do you instruct them? In the institution that God gave the commission. That's why you must be faithful to the house of God. Be part of the house of God. Commit to it. Commit to it. Commit to everything that's being done through the church. Why? Because it's going to lead to more people being saved. Commit to getting somebody else in church by the end of the year who's here every week and you're going to see, hold them account. You're going to say, I'm going to come by and get you. You're going to be there with me. And, and, and we can double, as we've, we're striving to double, because we're trying to fulfill the Great Commission. I'm not going to put an emphasis on you. Let's go, let's have this number. Let's go see if we can get this many at this time. Let's fulfill the Great Commission. If you're here this morning, you've been saved, you've never been scripturally baptized. There's a reason why Jesus told the church after they're one, baptize them. It's identifying with him and his church. If you've been saved and baptized and you're not part of a local church, let me encourage you to commit. To commit. Why is it we'll commit to a bad car loan and not think twice about it? But the institution Christ commissioned, commit. If you're part of the church, we all need to recommit and to refocus to do what? Fulfill the great commission. Fulfill the great commission. Friend, let's let Christ's words speak to us. Let the Spirit of God work in our heart this morning. I don't believe we teach enough about this. I don't believe we focus enough on this. But not just tonight, but in the weeks ahead as we talk about the great commission. Would you allow the Spirit of God to do a work in your heart? Would you allow Him to Address wherever you are in what we saw this morning. Let's make a commitment to his commission. May it not be the great omission in the Emmanuel Baptist Church. May it not be the great omission in the life of God's people. Let's allow him to work in our hearts today. Father, I pray that you would use your word.